0: This is your Drive Time Prop, 30 minutes jam-packed with news of the day from the perspectives of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez.
1: And I'm Brad Binkley.
0: Today's top story is that the two congresswomen, Omar and Taleb, were, uh, I guess, re-invited to Israel. They wanted to go to Israel. Their request to go to Israel was rejected at Trump's... Re- at. Trump's suggestion, and then Netanyahu gave Taleb a family exemption to visit her grandmother in Palestine, I think is the latest, the up-to-the-minute story. And I do not uh, – uh, the reason this story kind of interested me – it is the top story of the day – but I have been wondering with these gals, these congresswomen getting so much attention on their combative posture towards Israel. It reminded me of something that I had watched maybe last year maybe not i was looking up elliot abrams just refreshing my memory on him when he was assigned to venezuela regime change in venezuela and i found a conversations with history the berkeley professor, professor harvey chrysler talks to important people and they always put it in the most academic of possible terms yet They, they seem to, you know, if you put it in my terms, if you read between the lines, they're just plotting basically to subvert democracy or influence people or to, or to centralize control or to, or to direct the course of events. And one of the thing, the thing that I thought was interesting about their discussion, I'm going to kind of consolidate it, it, it. You had to read between the lines a little bit, but it, Demonstrated a, a, an idea I had coined, which was Harvey Chrysler asked Elliot Abrams, what, what is Israel going to do about all the liberal Jews in the world who do not like the foreign policy of Israel's right wing government? And Elliot Abrams basically said, well, put a left wing government in Israel and have them have the same policy. And to me, that demonstrates the what I've coined as the contrary law of democracy, give people the opposite of what they want, because if you don't, they're never going to get behind it. They will only get behind the party they have chosen. And if the party delivers contrary law, they'll accept it, but they won't accept it from the contrary party. So I had thought of that example because of the phrase and the concept that I was already tuned into. But then when I saw these congresswomen from the Democrat Party being combative and rude and drawing ire and some embarrassment on the side of Democrats, I wondered if maybe this was part of the same brainchild of Elliot Abrams to kind of get um, liberals behind the the foreign policy of what right now in Israel is a right-wing government. So I kind of want to watch out for it, this story. And then there was – Another story that was kind of related, um, well, at least Middle East in nature, that Iran, an Iranian tanker is freed, easing strain in Gulf. And I was like, an Iranian tanker? It says Gibraltar, a British overseas territory, impounded in July an Iranian tanker, and Iran retaliated by impounding a British tanker. Now, Binkley, do you remember the story of when I ran and pounded the British tanker? No. Okay. That was, I had tweeted about it because it came out of the office, like the, the CNN background was CNN Pentagon. I was like, wow, okay. So I guess, I guess they're, they're out of the closet. You know? <laughs> so when, so when I heard that I was like this British tanker story and it just, the story was flimsy and I didn't really understand it. And now I'm thinking, in that story, it didn't say that it was retaliation for England seizing an Iranian tanker. It absolutely did not say that. And in the article, uh, they talk about the nuclear agreement that Trump backed out of. But they it, I think the insinuation, especially in the journal and. Right wing stuff is that Iran was violating the nuclear agreement, but they were found to not be violating the nuclear agreement. We unilaterally withdrew and then imposed sanctions on Iran, which are acts of war. And at the very they're, they're acts of war because you're preventing people from feeding themselves. You're using physical force. You're threatening physical force to stop people from trading. And in this connected world, you kind of need that to eat. And stuff like this, seizing an Iranian tanker, is a provocation. So it is clear that. They're up to no good when it comes to trying to provoke Iran. And there was another article in the journal today about secret meetings between Israel, some Arab nations, and the U.S. State Department on how to deal with Iran. So, uh, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Now, it's clearly a conspiracy. <laughs> I mean, it's secret. And, uh, but I guess that's a, what you have to be careful scene. what you say about yes. it
1: being a conspiracy.
0: Yes, Cass Sunstein would call it a justifiable conspiracy because it's true, whereas unjustifiable ones are not in the journal, I guess. Right, unjustifiable
1: ones are terrorism apparently now.
0: Right, exactly. Domestic terrorism, unjustifiable conspiracy theories. And the only way to know whether it's justifiable or unjustifiable is to look into the pages of the mainstream media where – They'll tell you without evidence, as they love to to throw at Trump. Anyway, so that's my big story of the day, more of a what to watch out for than anything else.
1: I have a story here that really illustrates how the cult of the resistance that I'm calling it now creates a false reality in the minds of the people that follow them. It's pickup truck drives through crowd of protesters at Rhode Island ice facility. That's one of the headlines. Another is correctional officer drove pickup truck into a group of peaceful protesters. Another one car speeds into crowd of ice protesters outside detention facility, several injured after driver plows truck into immigration protesters outside ice facility. Then you read into these articles, and you would think reading into these articles that there was a officer driving his truck down the road, looks over, he sees a bunch of peaceful, heavenly, kind, Hmm. friendly protesters just trying to fight for the children, and he said, not on my watch, and jerked his wheel over and just tried to plow right over all of them. That's the sense that you get reading this story. But then if you watch the actual video of what happened, that's not even close to what happened. These protesters, I would – not call them peaceful at all. I would call them provocateurs who set up and practiced what they were going to do, and they successfully achieved what they were trying to accomplish here, which is create a viral story. They were sitting in front of the entrance to the parking lot, so they were blocking the gate. You could not pull into the parking lot of the ICE facility. It was impossible because they had put themselves and they had put children in front of this gate, right? And early which is had- violence. Yeah, it is. That is not a peaceful protest. That is using children as pawns, and they took pictures of the kids and stuff, and they they were posting pictures throughout the day so they could say, see how peaceful we were? See here there were children here, but when you watch the video, the car is driving up the street, the truck, and then it goes to turn right. They they say swerve. They say it swerved into the protesters. It didn't swerve into the protesters. The truck was driving up the street, and it turned right to go into the (laughs) parking lot. At a speed that anyone driving would go. It was not a fast speed. It was not an overly fast speed. It was the same speed that you would pull in to a parking lot. And then before it reached the protesters, it was a safe distance away. The car <laughs> hits the brakes, and it stops. But – and it was a safe distance away until the protesters immediately jumped up. Oh, my up. You, gosh. Swarmed it? Yes, you could tell that this was rehearsed because as soon as it came there, they were already jumping up and they were enacting this, this rehearsal that they had practiced. In my mind, it was clear they had this. They all jumped up and dove towards the truck. So they approach the truck to make it look like the truck got closer to them. Then they start pounding on the front of the truck, pounding on the side. of the truck. I'm, Like the MAGA like,
0: hat kids.
1: Yeah, we're talking like 30 people here. And so the, this entire truck is covered by protesters. The back of the truck, people are jumping on the back, and they're hopping it up and down and pushing it and bouncing it. And the truck is sitting there. So then the driver tries to slowly move forward, and the protesters are screaming. They're screaming, shame, shame, shame. F you, F you. F you! They're just going They're losing their minds. The truck is honking its horn. Imagine driving that, and you get sworn by thirty lunatics who are jumping up, up and down in your truck, making it bounce around. You might start to think that they're going to break the window and pull you out. Yet this driver slowly tried to push forward, could not get forward, still trying to get into the parking lot. It wasn't until a bunch of officers came out and pepper sprayed the people who had wow. smoked the car that they finally got off the car. They were like monsters. They finally got off the car, and then the car, the truck was able to pull into the parking lot. This was a staged activist event for the cult of the resistance. It worked exactly like they planned for it to work, and it – Painted this picture or resolidified the stereotype of an ICE agent that they're just some evil monster who just wants to murder children and plow through protesters. I what mean, this-
0: city was that?
1: Rhode Island. Rhode, now, they- Rhode Island? Yeah.
0: Is ICE stopping Canadians or what?
1: That's a great point. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> That's a great question. See, they talk about rhetoric causing violence. This This causes yeah. violence because – People who see this and believe yeah. the story that they propagated, if you genuinely believe that ICE yeah. agents are plowing through protests. Yeah. Right, and you are someone who is a little more radicalized, then you are going to be one who might actually commit an act of violence against them. I'm not saying all ICE officers are good or bad or anything, but I'm just saying this type of stuff is what creates these stereotypes that leads to violence. And I
0: wanted to clarify, um, actually, both of my comments when I said that it it is violence to stand in front of. I mean, if you what I specifically mean is if you are have private property and somebody stands in your way so you can't get onto your private property, that's physically blocking your way. I would consider that. An act of violence, the way I consider sanctions an act of war. And when I said just like the MAGA hat kids, I meant when the guy with the drum went into that guy, went right up to the kid and banged the drum in his face. Like yeah, that was were, not, right. that, that, the banger was aggressive.
1: He was there to get caught on camera so that he could have a viral moment. This is what Edward Edward Bernays would call creating news, and this is exactly what went on there. They followed the indivisible guy to a T. They're probably going to be indivisible of the week. I'll probably get an email yeah. celebrating this group later, and this they week. might
0: even say the real what really happened in your email so, so that right. people yeah. know how to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. I think the next big story is. The economy, the volatility, the extreme volatility in the stock market, extreme, I've been following all the stories that have had uh, indicate artificial pressures on our interest rates because I'm so tuned into the debt now that our our extreme deficit spending this is the contrary law of democracy you're going to get gun control and extreme deficit spending from Trump you'll probably get infrastructure everything like that that you would not that that Republicans would never have accepted from Obama and by suppressing in various ways interest rates the impact of the debt is uh, actually the impact of the debt on our deficits is what's masked because any kind of historically normal interest rate would have with this kind of debt. If the debt equals the GDP, which it does right now, then whatever the interest rate is, is it that percentage of GDP. So if it's 2%, it doesn't feel like that big. But if the interest rates are 7% and taxation is basically half of GDP, then 14% of your taxes will be going just to the interest on this debt. So if they keep it suppressed, you're really not going to notice it in the budget too much. And today's story, I keyed into it immediately, the ECB, the European Central Bank, is stimulating. So they're trying to generate, uh, economic growth they say by buying bonds which is basically printing money although they have some limitations on how they can do it but when you do that the dollar gets stronger and people flood into our bonds and our interest rates go down so this is yet another piece of depressing interest rates which is an artificially simulating economy but also artificially uh depressing the impact of the debt on our kind of annual budget and our awareness.
1: All right. Well, there it is.
0: <laughs> it's isn't, it isn't really a really conversation starter, but be, this is what's in the news. I'm just yeah, just yeah. giving you my two cents.
1: Speaking of financial stuff, Trump is said to have asked, can we buy Greenland? And yes. Of course, he's being mocked online for this, even though we tried to buy Greenland back I think it was in 1946 because of the resources and other reasons and not to mention that there was something called Project Iceworm which was the code name of a nice. top secret United States Army program of the Cold War which aimed to build a network of mobile nuclear missile launch sites under the Greenland ice sheet the ultimate objective of placing medium range missiles under the ice close enough to strike targets within the Soviet Union was kept secret from the government of Denmark To study the feasibility of working under the ice, a highly publicized cover project known as Camp Century was launched in 1960. But the unstable ice conditions within the ice sheet caused the project to be canceled in 1966. So there's a little bit more that meets the eye when it comes to Greenland. (laughs) Yes, maybe.
0: I I have to say, as soon as I saw it, Trump has eye on new property, mulls U.S. purchase of Greenland. Ha ha. And I'm thinking – it didn't say ha ha, but that is the (laughs) line across the top of the Wall Street Journal. And I remember immediately thinking, you know, that guy doesn't usually say stuff for no reason. Right. Like he's usually got something going on there, and I happen to just say, "What what language do you think they speak in Greenland?" English. You had the answer in your blurb, which I had absolutely no. I didn't even know where to start thinking about that. I believe they speak Danish, their colonial oh, language, right. yeah, and Inuit, knew it. It, knew it. So they're, uh, I guess, these languages all across the Arctic Circle. You know, it's just interesting that there must have been. I assume there was boat travel if they are sharing Canadian Inuit languages and such. Anyway, very interesting stuff right there.
1: Sounds like a miserable place to live.
0: Well, yes, I think that's right. And Iceland, my son has Down syndrome, as you know, and he reads like Wikipedia, the news and stuff, and he gets some of it and he gets doesn't get others of it, but he read about Iceland basically eradicating Down syndrome, and he didn't understand oh. it, and I had to explain it to him. Do you know what they do?
1: They probably abort them.
0: It's a hundred percent abortion rate. Yeah. And he is like so afraid of Iceland now. He's like, he does the thing like, you know, he's like, I'm yeah. not going to Iceland. <laughs> so Iceland is like on our, our no fly list, our do yeah. not travel, but, uh, it's supposed to be a, a little more hospitable than Greenland. Anyway, yeah. so I've got another thing. Uh, All right. The FDA proposed a rule that would require cigarette packs to feature graphic health warnings, which I think I've seen before. They're pretty disgusting. Uh, I am not a fan of the government terrorizing us. I don't like it. Uh, but I, it just made me think it was an opportunity to, uh, tell you that I am reading this book I ordered called the global censorship of health information it's by this lawyer jonathan emord the um subtitle is the politics of controlling therapeutic information to protect state sponsored drug monopolies and apparently you cannot make a true claim you cannot make a true health claim without prior approval of the fda and this guy won many lawsuits against the fda In particular, one where they refused repeatedly to allow information out that folic acid prevented spina bifida. So a lot of babies were born with spina bifida or spina bifida, uh, until now you, spina bifida is when like a neural tube defect, like your, your spinal tube is like outside of your vertebrae or it's different, it's different. Uh, various neural tube defects, but it comes from a folic acid deficiency in a woman uh, like at the time of conception. So now they put folic acid in bread and cereal and stuff, and they always tell you if you're of childbearing age, as a woman you should take folic acid, but this was something they actively sought to suppress, Wow. and he fights against this um censorship of health information. I didn't even know about it. What are the graphic
1: warnings? Is it like an image I, I don't of your
0: see lungs? It there, but yeah, I, I seem to recall having seen that where it is like a graphic image of your lungs and tracheotomies, you yeah. know, like they will oh, show right. you that. Yeah, haven't you ever seen like a commercial where they show, yeah, so it's like a kid with emphysema, which never happens. Um, heart disease stroke and it shows like a guy with a huge scar along his chest.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. a,
0: a yeah. cancerous urinary bladder
1: yeah i've seen it's been a long time but i've seen some of those so trump has suggested to move back to institutionalizing the mentally ill says president trump on thursday again blamed mental illness for the mass shootings and suggested it was time to build new facilities to house the mentally ill and he said that Basically it's very simple. They don't want insane people, dangerous people, really bad people talking about the republicans having guns. Republicans agree with me on that. This is they simplify this issue. The Republicans in this case are saying, "Well, it's mental illness." While the Democrats say it's not mental illness, it's guns. And that I think obscures the fact that of course it's mental illness. If you shoot, if you murder dozens of people, nobody's praising you for how Mentally healthy, you are. The purpose of being mentally institutionalized is not to try and, you know, achieve the mental zen of like Jeffrey Dahmer or something. Of course, you're (laughs) mentally ill if you murder a bunch of people, but the problem is the definition of what mentally ill is. And with Trump here, he keeps equating mentally ill with very, very bad people. And I think that that is he says that multiple times. Mm. And it's arguable that every single person on this planet is somewhat mentally ill. Yes, I had
0: a psychiatrist tell me that. He said there is no person who could not have a diagnosis.
1: Exactly, because we're not you're not perfect. I mean, it's like it's like asymmetry
0: in somebody's face.
1: Yeah, we're built for the woods. Not it's not even that.
0: It's that nothing is perfect. Like there is no ideal. Like not everybody is going to have the right, like the ideal shape or or a totally symmetrical face. It's like not possible. There is no perfect person it's not a thing
1: yes there's no perfect person and we're also not designed for this te- type of technology that we have that's moving way too fast but we're i'm
0: afraid be- that would argue for for their, for what they're saying that we that we have to change the laws because we are we have outgrown our ability to be free Not that – not that. if you're right, like I'm not saying I don't want you to say that because I I don't want the outcome. It's too fast.
1: I'm not saying they should do something, but I'm saying that we are not – the speed of which the world moves, it's – people go crazy because it's not – So let
0: me ask you this. Do you think that we are capable of self-governance in this world that we can't actually even get a handle on?
1: I think an individual is – a mob, on the other hand. Yeah, right. And they try to keep us in mobs.
0: Yep, that's what they do. And, the digital yeah. mob, the digital yeah. herd,
1: yeah, which exactly. was
0: intentional. Like, that was the intention totally of the internet to to herd us. That's what's amazing to me is, like, I thought that was a function of it, like a, fa- a a part of it. But it looks like that was the purpose of it, to make the public square something they could easily manipulate and they could – Easily manipulate the characteristic of the crowd, which is how people are most easily manipulated. I mean that's the purpose of it.
1: It It's totally the purpose of it. That's
0: why I came out of DARPA.
1: He was asked again about background checks, if he would do common sense background checks. He declined to answer and said instead he would have meaningful background checks. So it's a battle of vague, undefined terms when it comes to the gun debate here. Now, right. I don't know about common sense background, but meaningful it. background checks.
0: He said common sense, though, in his outdoor press. Yeah, I know. I they know. didn't really emphasize that, but
1: we did. Yeah. Uh,
0: I noticed this one thing that reminded me of you. The people in Philadelphia, the locals, our local law enforcement, are scree- crying out for federal laws. It's like, just control your own town. But but one of the articles I read that says – um. I'm fed up with it. Philadelphia U.S. attorney accuses Krasner, I guess the DA, of going easy on violent criminals, and that's why this got out of control. That guy never should have been kind of on the street. But a passage in there that reminded me of you at the end of the article was Soros McSwain argued at the time – McSwain is the U.S. attorney – I, uh, was taking an illegitimate anti-democratic shortcut and trying to purchase DA elections to institute criminal justice reform. Now, you were <laughs> way ahead of that. You were way ahead of that, and it was and it is significant. And I don't know why they're bringing this into the public view right now. Maybe just I don't know, but I'm sure it had an impact.
1: Yeah, where was it again?
0: This is just Philadelphia. The the Philadelphia U.S. Attorney is it seems is attacking the Philadelphia DA, and he's saying, you're a Soros boy, that's why this guy was (laughs) shooting up those cops, because you guys, your criminal justice reform is just going easy on violent criminals, which I had actually pegged after Ferguson and in Baltimore as an intentional outgrowth of the black versus blue thing is to have the cops pull back. Why? Well, I had identified a previous goal that has to be true for government. It has to be true that they need you to be in danger. So the unbelievable plummeting of crime since the 1990s was not helping authoritarianism. But so a pullback would help.
1: Yeah. Okay. so the Wall Street Journal, I believe you saw this one as well. Shooting, bomb, Trump, advertisers blacklist news stories online. I guess we just got blacklisted just reading that headline just right now.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yes.
1: (laughs) Like many advertisers, Fidelity Investments wants to avoid advertising online near controversial content. And it goes on to talk about the words and the types of advertisers that don't want that content. But that's not the interesting part. The, The blacklist of words is not the interesting part of the story to me. The interesting part to me is this. The ad blacklisting threatens to hit publications' revenue and is creating incentives to produce more lifestyle-oriented content uh, coverage that is less controversial than hard news. Some news organizations are investing in technologies meant to gauge the way news stories make readers feel in hopes of persuading advertisers that there are options for ad placement other than blacklisting. Technology to gauge the way they feel. They have a name for the technology. It is called…
0: I think Amazon had some of that too. Yes,
1: they did. CNN.com and Gannett are creating technology intended to give advertisers a better way to gauge if a news story is controversial. CNN.com said it is testing a new product dubbed SAM for Sentiment Analysis Moderator. Oh that uses God. machine learning to score its site's content for whether it will make readers feel mostly negative, somewhat negative, neutral, somewhat positive, or mostly positive. Now Let that's interesting. Why oh, that's
0: really crazy is that this article I was reading about the psyops, it yes. says the most important thing for you to know is how people react. The individual's psychological reaction is the critical factor in designing effective psyops.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: And that is certainly a tool to do that. So they're going to say it's for some reason, but uh, not. I don't know if it's necessarily AI, but it seems to fold in with their their desire to like map us out as individuals and in a crowd from inside and out.
1: And what's interesting about this is it's kind of tricky here because it makes it sound like when it says it'll it'll gauge how it makes readers feel, mostly negative, somewhat negative, somewhat positive. That kind of makes you think that maybe it'll be a more negative news story versus a more positive news story. Now, that's not the case. You know what makes CNN.com readers feel extremely positive? Racist Trump <laughs> goes on racist rants. Everything that they post right, right. now, the negative, horrible propaganda makes them feel positive because it confirms that belief and what they want to be true. That makes them feel positive. So this isn't going to be changing the type of stories we see. It's going to be making them even more polarizing.
0: Well, I was amazed when I read the PSYOP article that that was the critical thing because I thought immediately of your indivisible stuff it, yeah. and how they're approaching. And it's funny because they approach the left with, with much more distasteful – like when they say stuff like, ha-ha, screw them. You know what I mean? Like that is yeah. not – that would not appeal. That is nothing like the emails I get from Republicans.
1: There's an article so, on CNN today about how to screw Trump over and make him miserable, and it's an opinion piece about basically like you're a three-year-old provoking another three-year-old it's it's ridiculous and, and,
0: and it seems to me since this article i'm reading was from 19 years ago and it's talking about yeah. how to exploit the internet for psyops that they that this stuff that we're seeing is a reflection of their understanding of the audience already it's not just hit or miss they get it and They've that been goes been studying to that, it yeah that um Cambridge Analytica stuff, where they would tailor their message and their texts to the physical location of someone inside a conference hall or not inside a conference hall. That's how specific they were getting. They were categorizing people by psychological profile, all that stuff.
1: This is what I tell people. They've been studying this stuff for over a 100 years and testing yeah. techniques and methods. They have a 100-year head start on most of the public when it comes yeah. to this. Yeah, People I think, think they, they can keep- spot it.
0: Yes, and I believe that they keep the psychological information that they find out. First of all, I think they used the Soviet Union as a testing ground during, you know, because we would get flack for it, they would not, and they did a lot of like human psychological testing there. And I'm guessing that just like Tesla's papers, we're not seeing the stuff, but it is being used and kept. And and this also reminds me of the Lincoln Group, which I was looking at because they were in charge of Iraqi propaganda, and they came under fire for that. So I was trying to investigate it, and I don't know if it's the same group or not. But if you look that up now, it's a campaign coaching firm that helps you tailor your message as a politician (laughs) to your audience. So It's going to get so specific. Yeah. yeah, so okay.
1: yeah, that's why they have a bunch of candidates, in my opinion. That's why there's 20 candidates because you can oh. break all 20 of those into different demographics that can all speak directly to little niches of the Democratic Party. That Which once is, they narrow it down, yes. they can bring them all under that umbrella. Because someone who listens yeah. to
0: the y- Yang. Yang Gang, yes.
1: might not buy into something that Biden right. is going to say. You know,
0: absolutely. But, yeah. That's interesting.
1: So I got one more quick one. I know we're a little bit over, but I want to get this one in. The New York Times, New York PD detective gave a boy 12 a soda. He landed in a DNA database. The city has 82,473 people in its database. Many of them have no idea that their genetic information is there. New York City detectives questioning a boy facing a felony charge last year offered him a McDonald's soda. When the boy left, they took the straw and tested it for DNA. Although it didn't match the evidence found at the crime, his DNA was entered into the city's generic database. To have it removed, the family had to petition a court and file an appeal, a process that took more than a year. The boy was 12, so they take (laughs) DNA samples from people who are convicted of crimes and also of those who are not. And then it goes on to say the department has also built a giant facial recognition database and has been loading thousands of arrest photographs of children and teenagers into it. So the DNA database is called the Local DNA Index System, and it has grown with the addition of the DNA from cigarettes, coffee cups, water bottles, and other objects touched by people during interviews, even if they are never arrested or the charges are later dismissed.
0: This is why I call BS when people are so happy that a, quote, conservative judge is on the Supreme Court. They they think that means a constitutional judge, a – you know, strict reading kind of guy. But it's not. It's though conservatives allow that stuff to go through. So I would just say that stuff's unconstitutional. it got it gets through no matter who's on the Supreme Court. So always scratch the surface when you when you get all excited about the latest Republican appointee to the Supreme Court.
1: All right. You can find your drive time prop every day at 4 p.m. on thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform. We'll talk to you next oh, week. Oh, wait.
0: One more thing. Right. Thank you. I got many, many, many responses to the feedback I'm looking for, we are looking for. Oh, yeah. And we'd like to still get some more, and then I'll kind of like sort through it. And mo- most of it's positive, obviously, because the people who are listening, other people who are answer- answering, but it's very helpful Go to thepropreport.com. It should be pinned towards the top of the page. It's just a few quick yes-no questions. We would love to get your help on refining this product and, uh, and continuing with it. Thank you.
1: We'll see you all next week.